Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Greg, the prophet, Pietelli, and I get you guys ready for the final week of the 2018 regular season in Major League Baseball. A little bit different of an episode than what you're used to. Instead of our usual weekly business, we actually go through the final week in the American League as all five spots have been clinched. The Red Sox, the Indians, the Astros, the Yankees, and the Athletics. Just some seeding that needs to be figured out, so we tried to predict where we think that's going to finish up. Then we hand out some hardware. We're handing out our regular season awards, MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, all that good stuff. Then we go over to the National League since that's a little more complicated, but we do the same thing. We look at all of the remaining teams' schedules for the week, then predict who is going to make the playoffs. We then hand out awards for the NL. We wrap things up. Talking a little bit about the playoffs, we're going to save that for next week. We're going to try to record it either Sunday night or Monday, depending on everything goes, with watching football and the Ryder Cup, which we do give a quick preview at the very end. So for you golf fans, hang out for that. But as always, make sure that you go like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. The bullpen cart is what you need to search on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website, thunderblogsports.com. But enjoy this week's episode, guys. It was a ton of fun to record. Can't wait to hear what you think in the comments. Here we go. And we are live! Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart, the final one of the regular season. I, of course, am the G-Man, and with me is Greg Piatelli. And Greg, a moment of silence for Ray's Watch 2018. As soon as it came into our lives, it left. Did not even last an entire span between episodes, but... What a fun time it was watching them. It was, and it's sad that they are a team that has the same or one game behind or the better record than the Cleveland Indians, and yet out of the playoffs. And it was sad because the Red Sox really are the team that made Ray's watch go away. Um, So for that, to me and you, because we're the only ones watching, I'm sorry. Isn't that the Um, argument, though, for why? They shouldn't be in the play or why like the divisional, like divisional uh, breakup works. It's just because of the fact that you have to play your division. Oh, so much more in your schedule comparatively to basketball and hockey. Oh yeah. And, and 18 games, 19 games, whatever it is against one team in baseball is huge. And especially when you're talking about the Red Sox and Yankees who have, uh, well, the Red Sox have the best record ever, and uh, the Yankees have the second or third best record in in all of baseball. So, um, you know that is that's that's I yeah. I mean, I, I 
it's frustrating if I was a Rays fan. I mean, I'm sure um, if the Red Sox were in this position, I'd be even more pissed and a team that's relevant like the Red Sox. But uh, I guess that's, I don't know. I guess that's why they have the second wild card spot so that a team like the Rays could get in, but it turns around and, and Oakland gets easy. But you know, what's frustrating is, is, the NHL new playoff setting, which is completely a random and off topic, but the new playoff format is brutal in the NHL. But let's move on to baseball. Let's stick oh, to yeah. baseball. Yeah, that's a that's a playoff format pod. It's something I've wanted to want to do a blog post, but I think we could have a nice little podcast so we could form one day. But that topic for another time. Yeah, the American League. We now have all five teams set. Not exactly to to their seating. Uh, the we know the Red Sox are going to be number one, and we know. Basically, we know whoever wins the West, because Oakland is still technically alive in that race, is going to be the number two. Cleveland will be number three. And then who's even hosting the wild card game is completely up in the air. Could be Houston if they fall apart. Uh, could be Oakland if they catch the Yankees. And right now, if the playoffs started today, it would be the New York Yankees. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, there's still a little bit to watch in the American League. But, you know, I, I it's nice to know that there's not a billion things we have to watch in terms of the last week of baseball with so much happening this weekend, specifically in sports, but you know, it, uh, the seating race is at least fun to watch. I'd say. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because the, the Red Sox have clinched the best record in all of baseball. So they have home field throughout the entire playoffs including the world series um and well, that didn't matter anyway because the american league won the won the uh, all-star game right that's not a thing anymore jordy <laughs> i know i was trying to make a joke <laughs> i thought you were trying to catch me slipping yeah i got you i got you I'm sorry. you know how i test you i thought it was you were testing me yeah. the apprentice um me being the apprentice no it's i don't think houston's gonna collapse simply because they are playing toronto right now Granted, in Toronto, which is tough. And then uh, this weekend, I believe they play Baltimore, correct? Who, the Yankees? No, Houston Astros. So they have the super easy last two series versus the Blue Jays and the Baltimore Orioles. So I do not foresee them uh, losing their, their hold on their, on their division there, whereas Oakland has to play the Angels uh, of Anaheim and – which Anaheim, um, whatever your spiel is. <laughs> yeah, I think that's dead for the year. Uh, oh, we killed you killed it. Yeah, I'll come back at spring training. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> you're the one so, that hates Mike Trout, so I didn't want to. I don't want to trigger you by doing my little spiel. And the Yankees play the Red Sox, so that's the interesting one: is is Oakland versus Los Angeles, and then the Yankees Red Sox. The Red Sox have nothing to play for um, outside of. David Price getting another star before the playoffs, even though they might want to adjust things so that he can be the number two um, or number one if Chris Sale is not healthy. But so, it, you know, it could be a two out of three for the Yankees in Fenway, but, you know, the Red Sox are chasing history at this point. They have the most uh, wins in franchise history, so you never know. And uh, Los Angeles Angels uh, have already decided to show he's going to get Tommy John. So, uh, you know, they don't really have much to play for either. So it, it's interesting to see which one of those teams um, 
between the Yankees and Oakland sort of comes out on top and which one has to uh, host and which one has to go on the road. Because either way, whatever's next, they're going to Boston. Um, so, Jordy, I know we're going to preview the playoffs next week. Um, predict who hosts the wild card game, Yankees or Athletics, or do you think the Athletics jump the Astros? I'm going to keep it chalk. I'm going to say that the Yankees end up hosting the A's in the wild card game. Um, I mean, I know the Yankees have to play the Red Sox this weekend. I think they're probably going to – the Red Sox probably mail it in, not try to run any any sort of risk at this point, kind of keep it keep it simple, stupid, and, and not try to fuck anything up. They're playing the Rays right now, and the Rays really – I mean, they're up 7-1. We're recording this on Tuesday night around – 845 Eastern time and they're, they're already up big. So it looks like seven, two, excuse me. Uh, it looks like the, <clears throat> the Rays kind of just fell out of steam or ran out of steam. I should say when we turned on the A's watch and it looks like the Yankees starting to get hot at the right time. So who knows? I mean, the, the tricky thing is what you pointed out, Oakland schedule playing Seattle up there and then playing in Anaheim this week. And so if they went out and the Yankees kind of trip it up against the Red Sox, you could see that, but I'm going to stick with the chalk right here. They are a game and a half up. Oakland has a game in hand. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, no, I, I, I personally think that's going to be the case as well. The, the Yankees have two games, uh, two less losses than the than the Athletics, so uh, it's going to take a lot for them to be jumped. And I, I should say, when I said a game in hand, they've played an extra game. I use the the term correctly. Yeah, or no, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't know any difference, obviously. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, we'll cut it. But the Yankees, uh, personally, as as scary as the Yankees' offense is, I'm more afraid of the Rays. I mean, the Athletics in the playoffs. So, I personally, I kind of want the Yankees to win, but uh, we'll get my expert opinion next week. Uh, oh yeah, not from the heart, but from the head pick on that next week. But there you go, Jordy. Moving on. Yep. Um, let's break down the most interesting race. Well, first, let's start with American League Cy Young. Yeah, so to just to intro it here, instead of doing top players of the week, Greg and I are going to hand out our regular season awards so that when we record this, either or our playoff preview, either on Sunday night or Monday, depending on how Sunday goes with football and the Ryder Cup and how we're feeling or, you know, scheduling wise, uh, all that good stuff. It's either going to drop at some point at the beginning of next week before the wild card games get underway. But we're going to focus on that during that episode. So we're going to do our picks for various postseason awards. Uh, so you were saying AL Cy Young is where you want to jump in, Greg? Yeah. All right. I'll let you intro. Um, so interesting little group here. We got a top. We got Blake Snell from Tampa Bay Rays. Not the not an all-star, but have had an unbelievable year. Um, you know, and then you turn around and you go to the Oakland Athletics. Blake Trennan, yep. uh, also a candidate. Justin Verlander, obviously, every year a candidate, um, and then Chris Sale, uh, obviously heard down the stretch, but even you can throw Edwin Diaz in there from, from Seattle, but, uh, Corey, Corey Kluber in. as I said, Corey Kluber from Cleveland. Yeah. But, um, in my opinion, I don't think Blake Treeland gets it just cause he has so few innings pitched compared to the rest of them. Cause he was yeah, called up so tough. late. Um, 
it's hard to go against Snell, who has a 1.9 ERA currently. Yeah. Um, but Verlander has 280 strikeouts uh, and pitched well, like 30 innings more than than Snell and Chris Sale. So, or even more, 50 plus more than Sale. So, it's tough not to give it to Verlander over Schnell. For me, that's what the real debate is between those two. Um, but Verlander has a high GP, uh, ERA. Oh, GPAs, smart guy, wicked smart. <laughs> yeah, I, it's tough because Snell has the 21 wins, traditionally the big, or re- really up until excluding King Felix seven years ago, really up until five years ago was a big indicator of who'd win it. Uh, Corey Kluber obviously is at 20 as well. Uh, interestingly, just a couple other other stats to throw out. I'll go less analytical and then a little more analytical. Blake Snell has, you mentioned it, he's thrown uh, 35 less innings than Kluber, 33 less than Verlander. Uh, he has 60 walks comparatively to Kluber's 32, Verlander's 30. They all have whips below one. Snell has only let up 109 hits. Kluber's let up 172. Verlander 153. So it's, I mean, a, pretty crazy there. And I mean, if you look at strikeouts per nine, obviously Verlander blows it out of the water. He has nearly 80 more strikeouts, really 70, 72 to be exact, more strikeouts than he does innings pitch. Snell is in a position that he's about 36 or more. Uh, Kluber is almost one for one. But, you know, and then you get into the the probably the biggest analytical stat you hear out there, war. It goes Snell, Sale, Kluber, Verlander, then Trevor Bauer, who has not pitched in a while, then Mike Clevenger. So uh, Cleveland, just as a quick side note, they're starting pitching A+. plus. But I'm going to probably go with Verlander. I, I'm probably going to go the same way there. I mean, Snell would be kind of a cool story to see, especially because he stuck around in Tampa Bay all year. But Verlander, especially because of – a, you don't see the big number of strikeouts that often, especially in a year where getting to 200 innings seemed like it was going to be so rare of how many different pitchers didn't pitch complete games comparatively to five or six years ago. Obviously, Corey Kluver's pitched two more, but you know, I, I just think his whip is the lowest of American League pitchers, really aside from the starting pitchers, let's just say, aside from Trinian. And the ERA of 2.6 is still 2.6. You know, you got to give it to him there, especially with the fact that he has nine losses. And I think that's a stat that's a little more telling than a win is because you were in the game and you were at least effective to the point that you have, and just bear with me for a second, you have five less wins and four more losses than Blake Snell, four less wins and two more losses than Corey Kluber, and you pitched nearly as many innings as he did. So I think... It just shows the effectiveness of him, even though the war is th- is three tenths of a point less than Kluber's. I-, I just think that that shows a lot of how big of a guy the Houston Astros depend on where he is, and especially when you think of him, uh, you know, in some of those darker years in Detroit. So, Jordy, Jordy, yes, sir. For me, Blake Snell is the Cy Young of the American League. Okay, Verlander. Well, he's been good. Cooled off lately. Okay. ERA ERA is is You're using the Heisman high. method. I like it. He's a little, yeah, he's, I mean, it's the same thing with Chris Sale last year and even this year, right? Both both seasons Chris Sale was 
sure thing MVP and or Cy Young and then cooled off end of the season this year got hurt last year he just stunk so you know here's the problem with Justin Verlander okay the team has 99 wins okay he only has 16 of them okay okay you can't strikeouts are good don't get me wrong strikeouts are great but you cannot only have 16 wins and your team wins 90 currently at 99 games probably going to break on definitely going to break 100 before the season ends and now you look at blake snell team that's overperformed all year did not have a fifth starter he was the second starter behind chris archer in the rotation some said even third going into the year archer gets dealt everyone gets dealt they hang on to snell Guess what? He still goes out, throws gems, 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 gems. This is going to be the same argument with Jacob DeGrom in the National League. Two guys that ha- that their team's not in the playoffs, but two guys deserving deserving of the Cy Young. Can now, I make the argument of quality starts because you said gems? Because he has thrown yes, six more quality starts than Blake Snell has. Who, Verlander? Verlander has. And I get Blake Snell's young, so he probably doesn't have – he doesn't have as much of – he has more of a restriction than, than Verlander might, but – Still, well, Snell, Snell missed. He was on the DL for two, three weeks there, right after the All Star break. Sure. He also Verlander, you know, pitched in three more games, so you know, you never know. But still, that's six more. It's. I hear you. That is a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot. Snell also has to had to face the Yankees and the Red Sox, which I'm not sure if you've been paying attention this year are literally the two best offenses in baseball in terms of runs produced uh, this year, and it's not even close. So. Uh, I hear you. I, I I like your argument. Um, egg on your face. I tested you. Blake Trennan is a is the close man, the save yeah. pitcher in Oakland, not a starter. Um, well, I I corrected myself in saying you know of starting uh, pitchers. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, when I said so, the when I made the whip stat. But still, they've given out the Cy Young to relievers before. They just they have to be dominant throughout the year, like a Trevor Hoffman or Francisco Rodriguez. Reliever gets put. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, all right, so you know we disagree. That's good. Disagree. I say Snell. You say Verlander. Perfect. I love it, um, Jordy. Yes, indeed. How big of a factor do you think it is? How big of a factor do you think it is that one team is in the playoffs in terms of Verlander and one team's not in terms of Snell? I don't think it's actually that big of a factor. I mean, the reason I say that is because Ryan Howard won the MVP when the Phillies were out of the playoffs by I forget how many games twelve years ago over Albert Pujols, who helped lead the St. Louis Cardinals to a World Series title. Francisco Rodriguez, I made the reference before. The Seattle Mariners haven't made the playoffs with him. He won it in 2011, and he didn't even have an ass ton of wins. Uh, he just, you know, just analytics shown through. I don't think that's big that big of a deal, especially in the the analytical voter day and age. Exactly, and if we if we learn anything from the dumbass uh, voters when they picked Mike Trout over Mookie Betts two years ago, not that you're dumbasses. Not that, not, not that. I, not that we hold grudges. Uh, Jordy, speaking of Trout and Betts, both names are in the running for the National League. Cy Young, Betts, J.D. Martinez, Trout. 
Uh, and then you go Jose Ramirez from Cleveland, Francisco Lindor from Cleveland. Even you could throw Bregman in there from Houston. Um, anyone I missed there, American League top guys, Chris Davis, Chris with a K. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd put Chris Davis up there. He just has a ass ton of home runs. Yeah, yeah. So I'd maybe put Matt. I'd maybe put Matt Chapman up there, but that's just really just because of his WAR. But right, I mean, he's batting two eighty comparatively to Mookie, who's batting two forty three. Yeah, Mookie's betting 343. 343, excuse me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. so I say Mookie bets, J.D. Martinez, Mike Trout, and then Jose Ramirez from Cleveland, Francisco Lindor from, from Cleveland, uh, and Bregman gets a pity vote. But I would say those are the four to five. Those are the five guys, in my opinion, who are in the running. No. Um, before we get into the debate of the best Red Sox, tell me why one of the other three guys is going to win it over the two Red Sox guys. Yeah, if I had to pick someone else, I'd probably go with Jose Ramirez. Yeah. Because he has 100 RBIs. He has 30 stolen bases, almost 40 home runs. Uh, he isn't batting 300. He's batting 274 right now, but his slugging percentage is 560. OPS is almost 1,000. He himself has scored over 100 runs, as has Francisco Lindor. Lindor has 124 runs. But, I mean, Ramirez, just a solid guy all around. I know he, I think he missed a little bit of playing time. Is that correct? Uh, but still, he picked up right where he left off last year. He has over 100 walks, which you cannot, cannot discount that. That is, especially in today's day and age, less than 100 strikeouts. Also big in today's day and age of what 2018 has been in terms of uh, you know strikeouts to walk ratios. So that, that's definitely an all-around solid case for him. Uh, maybe Lindor, but I, I just think, Ramirez has enough around his resume, especially with the RBI numbers. I know Lindor is close to the top of the lineup, which is a conversation you and I have had before. Hence why he has 124 scored runs. But I don't know. I, I just think Ramirez has been been solid all around, pretty good defender as well. Yeah, so it's, it's the same case between Mookie and JD. Yeah. One has all the RBIs and one has runs scored, and it's the same exact... Uh, thing you know um Lindor and Mookie being the same with leadoff guys and having the stolen bases and and RB, lower RBIs but you know high high on base percentage high average ton of runs um so uh, good pick good pick uh so Mike Trout's out that's good to know yeah I, as much as I'd like to pick Trout I mean he's yeah, missed time he's I mean, he has almost 40 homers, but he only has 77 RBI. He only scored 98 runs. You know, we, yeah. the yeah, Angels really fell apart. And granted, yeah. again, he missed time and he has over 100 walks, but. No, he's terrible. He's terrible. Okay, perfect. All right. I think it's just like we've made the LeBron argument before, and I just think it's one of those years that he has to ascend to another level for Mike Trout to really steal votes from a lot of people, especially when there's so many good arguments you could make. Well, especially because they actually had like a lot of hope going into the season, and he just sucked. So, uh, Mookie Betts, JD Martinez, anyone—I mean, I guess we'll do Jose Ramirez. The three of them. Who, in your opinion, first of all, start with the WAR stats. Give me the WAR. Who's got what are the WAR stats for those three? Yeah. So Mookie is first in the American League at ten point seven. Uh, Jose Ramirez is tied with Francisco Lindor, but I think Lindor has a couple extra decimal points. So Lindor is technically fourth, but Ramirez is fifth. They're both 7.7. 7. 
And then JD Martinez is 6.2. And that comes in eighth in the American League. Technically side for seventh with Mitch Haniger, but I think some sort of decimal places that I can't see uh, jumps out there. So is that why he is probably going to fall off from the top two guys in the race? Maybe. I mean, I, I think Mookie Betts is the, is the MVP. I agree. I think yeah. Mookie Betts 100% should be the MVP. Yeah. I just think, I mean, he almost has, he's going to have a 30 and 30 season. He has 125 runs scored and OPS of over 1,000. Uh, almost made an over 9,000 joke, but I refrained and still did it. Um, the walks, you, if he had over 100 walks, I think this is a mortal lock. Uh, coming out of the leadoff spot, but still, I mean, less than 100 strikeouts um, still is a, is a ton. I'm surprised he has more strikeouts than walks, but who's uh, that? Mookie does, but nonetheless, yeah. less than less than 100 strikeouts in today's day and age of baseball is that's all you need in to be just considered to be a he's already considered it to be a phenom, a fantastic hitter, but he certainly uh, no so takes himself to that next level with that number. Yeah, so part of that is is Cora's aggressive style. You know, um, he loves to he loves his guys to be aggressive, loves his guys to swing. Um, you know, he gets on Mookie because Mookie likes to take the first pitch every time. A little trick he learned from Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz. But um, well, old school baseball, <laughs> old school baseball. So, um, but you're talking about a guy who's hitting three forty three. Yep. No one. The next person is. No, no one's close. JD Martinez, three twenty-eight, twenty-nine stolen bases, almost thirty. He's going to be a thirty and thirty guy with thirty home runs, thirty stolen bases, eighty RBIs, one hundred and twenty-five runs. I mean, this on-base percentage one point zero seven three. This guy is impressive. Oh yeah. Uh, hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he keeps it up and doesn't go away in the playoffs. Uh, last couple of years, but um, they haven't been around long enough for him to do anything. So it's tough. Yeah. Um, anyway, Jordy, I'm going Mookie. You're going Mookie. I love it. I'm a huge fan. Let's hop so in. We've talked about this before, before we move on to the National League. Mm-hmm. You've expressed your fear of Mookie and JD splitting the vote. How realistic do you think that actually is? Now that Ramirez and Lindor are another duo and a pair. I am less fearful of it because those two are going to still vote for each other. I am fearful of, of Trout. I think here's the thing. I think most people around Boston feel Mookie is the MVP. Yes, they love Martinez. Yes, he's driving. He's got a ton of RBIs. He's hitting home runs. He's doing all, all, all the right things. Uh, people around here, for whatever reason, myself included, believe Mookie's the heartbeat, the the the, the the thing that makes it tick here okay. in Boston. So it's almost like, you know, when, when Trout first had Pujols, everyone was still saying it's Trout, it's Trout, it's Trout. So uh, back in Pujols was good. So John Carlo and, and um, who's the tall, goofy guy with the gap teeth? Oh, uh, Aaron Judge. Yeah, not Michael Stoyhan, but Aaron Judge. <laughs> Michael Stoyhan. <laughs> Aaron Judge. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Judge goes down, the Yankees flounder, and and Mookie went down this year, and and JD really picked it up and and did a lot of good things, but um, Mookie for sure makes makes the whole team go, and and like when Mookie's in the lineup, 
then Andrew Benintendi, the number two hitter, he gets on base or he moves him over. And then you hop in JD third and he's able to hit a single move comes in from second, you know, or Xander comes up third or fourth, you know, whatever it is. Mookie just makes the people behind him that much better. Um, And when it was out for for two weeks there, it was not good. But (laughs) um, I was fearful of it, but listening to the narrative, I think more and more people are are picking Mookie over JD, especially because Mookie has a cycle on the year, and recently uh, he's been killing it. And he has – multiple three home run games this year, right? Not exactly. just one. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this past week, he's easily been the best player uh, in baseball the last seven days. So I think he's doing it the right time, and, and I think he's going to ultimately end up with it. So let's, yeah. head to, let's head to the National League, Jordy. What do you get? What, so this, this wild and wacky and crazy National League, the only team that's clinched a playoff spot no, sorry. The only, yeah, the only team that's clinched the playoff spot and clinched the, the division is the Braves, right? Clinched yeah. the division, clinched the, the playoff spot. Is the Braves, the only team that's done it, and they're going to be probably the third place team. But, um, well, right now they're they are technically the two seed. Okay, because they're ahead of the Dodgers. They're ahead of the Dodgers by a game. Uh, they have the same amount of wins, one less they're, loss. They're, okay, they're gotcha. eighty-eight and sixty-eight, and the Dodgers are eighty-eight and sixty-nine. So a half a game, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, perfect. So uh, do we want to start there? Uh, quickly, what I'm looking forward to most about this National League last week here um, before we get into the playoff scenarios. Yeah, let's do that. I want to. I want the Phillies to not be below 500. Right now they're sitting at 500 on the dot, loses of three of their last 10, loses of five, one, two, three, four, count them five in a row, and the Nationals, which we joked about last week, have now jumped yep. the Philadelphia Phillies yep. into second place so in, Greg, in the National League. Is we talked about this at the beginning of the season, Greg. I took an over-under of the Phillies' win total for the season. Do you know what that number was? <laughs> 82. No. It's 78 and a half. <laughs> They're at 78 wins and have uh, lost five in a row. Uh, if the Phillies lose out, and I got to eight, 78 wins on September 19th, and I don't get a fucking win on that, that's the worst bad beat in the history of baseball bad beats because there's some really shitty football ones. But God damn it, these guys need to win a fucking game. The road record fucked them over. Congrats to the Braves. They're going to be real. They're going to be a thorn in my side, like they were when I was a kid, and I like just was barely paying attention to baseball. And then when I really started to, they were still pretty good in the early two thousands, and then they fell off pretty quickly as soon as the Mets had their flash in the pan rain in the in the NL East, and then the Phillies had their rain. But the Braves are going to be really good. They're going to be really exciting uh, coming down the stretch. Listen, 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 listen. We're not here to talk about anyone else except for you. Yeah. We'll get into the playoff stuff with the with the Braves. But I want to know are the Phillies going to jump the Nationals? Okay. That's what I want to know. Nationals have to play Colorado who's in the middle. Granted it's in the it's in the the ballpark where the balls fly out of it in, in Colorado. So that might help the Phillies jumping the Nationals. The Rockies are playing the Phillies right now. And but I'm saying that's where in Philly? Oh, no, in Colorado. But I'm saying no, it's in Colorado. They have one they the Phillies come home to play the Braves this weekend. 
Okay, so the Braves are going to sit all their guys. Yep. So that helps the Phillies. And na- Nationals have to go to Colorado, who are in the middle of a intense, intense playoff race. So there's hope. Yeah, but the Nationals are also playing Miami right now. So it's a fact, though. You, you know, they don't, they don't fuck up against the bad National League East teams. That was the Phillies' sole job this year was to be bad against them. Trade, tra- trade off, trade off. Trade off, trade off. Let's say everything stands pat. Successful first year. Finish 81 and 81 and finish in third place. I mean, that's fine for me. I thought that at the beginning of the season, and we talked about this before. It's a bummer of how shitty the last almost two months were of the season, really like one and three quarters were. But I don't know. I mean, their run differential never really got that much above positive or above zero. So, I mean, they were a water's going to find its level and it certainly has splashed that uh, now hitting 500 and they still are a negative 25 run differential team. Um, Craig, you'll be very interested to hear that the, the old radio guys here in Philadelphia, the, you know, the older, the older crowd, if you will, they're all uh, saying, Oh, inside sources are saying Gabe Kapler is going to get fucked. Really? They don't like Gabe Kapler. So they're trying to spread some rumors. Wait, and shit. People are yeah, saying it's, old, it's the old farts who want to think Gabe Kapler gets out of there. They're still, they're still cheesesteak guys, Greg. Remember they got to become sushi guys. Like wait, Joe Madden wait, told us. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 Miss Lippy. How can you say a guy that took his team that overperformed, overperformed the whole year? How could you get out here and say that he should be fired? Because they're old idiots. But what's their basis? A lot of people are frustrated, and really, they lo- Gabe Kapler lost a lot of Phillies fans when he pulled Aaron Nola in the fifth inning against the Atlanta Braves on opening day, and nobody ever wanted to give him a chance from there again. That's really what it is. Uh, I and people just don't want to admit like that and, and this that everybody's doing the shift and that people are doing this that and the other thing and this is Papabon this is this is this 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 is the fan base that Papabon claimed was smarter than Red Sox fans what a joke what a joke well not the fan base it's the it's Philadelphia radio Greg you should listen to WIP or the fan or the the fanatic excuse me um the fan is in New York Sorry, I got my uh, my two fucked up. The day after the Eagles lose, Greg, there were people who legitimately were saying that the Eagles should trade Carson Wentz after the before the Eagles won the Super Bowl and definitely after they won the Super Bowl. These are the kind of people that we're dealing with on these airwaves. Ugh. Yeah, so that's all we need to say about them. Greg, I'd love to do a deeper dive into the Phillies season, but they've heard me talk about it enough. The Phillies are out. We can jump into – we can have a Philly special – the end of the, you know, once, you know, once oh. the, even after the World Series. Blow um, me with the Philly special thing. I didn't mean to use that terminology. Oh. You know what I mean. Blow me with this. Special. I'm so sick and tired of this Philly special nonsense. This bullshit. You know, people have been running wide receiver throw the balls fucking <laughs> for years. Years. If, I think I beat you in Madden with that play in high school. Exactly. If you remember the Patriots threw a pass, a wide receiver pass to Tom Brady first in the Super Bowl. Granted, Brady has no athleticism. And he did dropped it, but yeah, that's the Philly Philly in the Eagles playbook. No, bullshit, dude. <laughs> Every, the, it's the audible call is Philly Philly. Oh, suck my left nut. No, but then then someone else ran in and they're like, oh, it's the Philly special. No, dumbasses. 
Like that's well, no. why I hate. That's why I don't watch ESPN. But when CBS <laughs> is doing it on on for before the Patriots game this weekend, and CBS is running it, like Baker Mayfield, he ran that exact play in college. He ran that exact play in the college. It's not yeah. fucking Philly Philly. It's a goddamn trick play that every single fucking team and every single fucking coach has in their playbook. Get the fuck out of here with the Eagles special. Blow me where the pampers are. <laughs> oh, I love the triggers. Jesus the trigger Christ. warning in effect. Okay, so let's get into this here. Jordy, yeah. Braves have the playoffs locked up. Okay, Cubs game and a, a game and a half up on the Brewers and four and a half up on the Cardinals. Both of them are in contention for the wild card as well as that division west you go out west dodgers one and a half up on the rockies rockies dodgers both in contention for the wild card as well as their division uh those are the one two three four five teams for four spots yep Right. It's going to be close. It's going to come down to the wire. Right now, Milwaukee has a three-game lead on both St. Louis and the Rockies for the wild card, for the top wild card spot. St. Louis leads Colorado by half a game, just half a game, one win um, for the second wild card spot. So Rockies have to play, um, <laughs> as we mentioned, the Braves and, and the Phillies. I'm oh, sorry, the Phillies and Nationals. Thank you. Yep. Phillies and Nationals. That's. Do you think they uh, they jump the Cardinals? Do you think they end up in the playoffs? So let's talk about what their the other schedules are too, so we can get an idea of everything. Because the interesting thing that we're leaving out is that the Cardinals and Brewers are playing right now this week. The Brewers won last night to uh, to extend that lead, as you mentioned, to three games. Then the Cardinals go to Chicago. So literally down to the wire for St. Louis. And Milwaukee, Milwaukee gets to play Detroit at home. Yeah, which, uh, I mean, I feel Jeez. like Milwaukee at this point, yikes, you might as well give them a – get the, give pencil it. them into the, to the wild card game. Potentially yeah, even, even, yeah, potentially even the, the division. They could jump the Cubs. Potentially them in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, which – I was just I just pulled up a, an article showing the the, the A's clinching their first th- uh, thing since October or since uh since 2014 where the American League Wild Card game was played on September 30th so they had that year was there's nothing like October baseball that the Braves had printed all the all the teams that made the playoffs had them but the A's lost in the Wild Card games so they didn't even play in October uh, and they showed the shirts from that so sorry the quick tangent there but yeah I mean the Brewers. They got the easy schedule in the Cubbies. Obviously, they play the Cardinals to close out, um, close out the seat, the season. Uh, to answer your question, if Colorado can jump or if St. Louis can jump either team, I mean St. Louis rebounds and wins the next two games. They're only a game back of of the Brewers, and then they go down to Chicago. They're playing the series of their life, and if the Cubbies can get into a wild card spot. I mean, they're going to be, I mean, that series is going to be great because it's two teams that hate each other. They don't want to have to fumble this division lead and have to play in the wild card game again. I don't know. I mean, I think with your backup against the wall, you see what these teams can do. And 
now who knows who knows if the if the nationals even come out pitching some of their top guys at the end of the year i mean maybe scherzer so he can he can try to pad his stats for the uh the the cy young race but i don't know i mean aside from him they might not be throwing anybody else so colorado might get a little jump there too and they, they can easily catch the dodgers they're only a game and a half back there it's all nuts you sound you sound like you're on the edge of your seat watching this right now. Greg, you you sound like you're like watching a step Tiger. away from tinfoil hat college football playoff Jordy, which if you've never listened to that, go check out the Fun V Tailgate, which in like a month you're gonna get full tinfoil hat me because that's when the rankings start coming out. But PPS uh, I love playoff watch. I love it. Huge pump for you. Oh yeah. That's awesome. The fall is the fall is when I come alive. As much as I love baseball and summer baseball, with play the playoff chase, then the baseball playoffs. Hockey's back, basketball's back. The NFL and college football are in full swing. Just the best. It's incredible. So get this, get this. Ryder Cup next week. Get this. The Cubs, I think, two wins and they're in the playoffs, right? Yeah, it's something like that. It's, it's pretty easy. Uh, yeah, so, for, them so, to, for them to get in, I don't think they miss it. They might not win the division, but. So they're in. So then we're talking about Brewers, Cardinals, Dodgers, Rockies. Four teams, three spots. Jordy, let's go out west and see if we can predict who's going to win the west. So then we can narrow it down to the wild card for the last two spots. Yeah, so we mentioned the Rockies schedule. They play the Phillies right now. Uh, They're in game two of a four-game series. And then they play the, the Nationals. And the Dodgers are in Arizona. They won last night against a Diamondbacks team that really underperformed. Then they go to San Francisco to face off with the Giants for one last series. Uh, San Francisco team that never really ever got it together. They'll have their big guns throwing. They'll have uh, Hyun Jin Ryu throwing Friday. Clayton Kershaw on Saturday. Probably if they do clinch, that's it's going to be the one that does it. Uh, and then they'll have Walker Bueller go. Uh, he's going actually tomorrow night or tonight, and he'll go again on Sunday as they get Thursday off. So yeah, they're they're throwing out the big guns to try to really wrap this thing up. I mean, they sweep Arizona, and even if the the Rockies win uh, the next, if they win the next two of three against the Phillies, t- and that that increases it out to I believe it would be then two games going into the weekend. Uh, so really, they need to hope that that Arizona remembers that they you know they're still playing for a bit of a record you know different players are playing for incentives and really hope that the Diamondbacks help them out because I, I don't think the Giants are really going to do a ton to put a dent into the Dodgers record and, and play spoiler there bigger collapse bigger collapse Arizona Diamondbacks Philadelphia Phillies uh, I'd say the Diamondbacks all right done perfect yeah. Um, all right, so you're going Dodgers. I'm going Dodgers. Perfect. So then we got Rockies, Brewers, Cardinals. Uh, Rockies, Brewers, Cardinals. For the two wild card spots, we already mentioned the, the separation as it is right now. Um, the Brewers are in first place, the first wild card spot right now. Um, and whether it's Brewers or Cubs, you and I are both saying Brewers. They're three games up on the Cardinals, three then three and a half up on the Rockies. Cardinals are a half a game with one more win than the Rockies as it stands at this current moment. Jordy, three spots, two teams. Who are you going with? I'm going to go Brewers hosting this this series, and 
One game. It's not a series. One game. Oh, yeah. This, this round. And then I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I just think they get it done. I think the Cubs lock up, not necessarily the division, but then they lock up. Some, you know, they're not. I have a feeling they lock up the division by at the very latest Saturday. So Sunday, they're not necessarily playing for anything, but the Cardinals are. So I think the Cardinals get a bit of a leg up there. Granted, you could say the same thing about the, the Washington Nationals over the weekend, but uh, I, I just think that that's uh, – I think the the Rockies have – they're playing the Phillies now, and if the Phillies don't get it going, it could be – I mean, the Rockies could – they could be hosting the wild card game for all we know. Uh, highly unlikely because they're three and a half games you just back. Said, with, you, you just said the Cardinals make it over the Rockies. I'm I'm just – I'm – Giving a, a devil's advocate to my own point, but right, well, I think I'm picking. Cardinals. I'm picking. I'm picking the Rockies. Are simply, you simply for the exact reason that you mentioned? The Cardinals have to play Chicago, who still are playing for something. Yeah, they may clinch, but they still want home field. They're you know whatever. If the Dodgers, yeah, they they're up on that. But if the Dodgers can put some together, they're in jeopardy of losing that home field. Home field. Uh, plus, with the Brewers nipping at their heels, only a game and a half back. There's no guarantee that they're stuck in the wild card. So I'm going I'm going Rockies simply because of everything you mentioned in reverse. You know, I think that St. Louis has too hard of a schedule compared to Colorado and Colorado's at home, you know, they 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 get to play in their little league, uh, not little league cuz they have a big stadium, but they get to play in their high altitude stadium and and their home record is so much better than uh their road no well yeah their home record is so much better than their road record that they're a team that benefits from being at home and and I think you're talking about the Rockies yeah oh uh, yeah they do have more uh, they do have more losses I was looking at their wins they have 44 wins at on the road and 44 losses or 42 wins at home but they're done with their away schedule so we'll yeah. uh yeah it they, remains to be seen but I you know they're they're like the starting pitching scares me and and. Yeah, you know, if they do win, if they do get in the playoff, the one playoff game, they're good enough to win the playoff game, not good enough to win a series. So, you know, it's they're so volatile. That's the only thing with the Rockies, right? They could have one game of exploding and and win a win a wild card game. So, part of me wants to see them, but I also think that they jump the Cardinals simply because of of the ease of schedule. Um, but if Gabe the is really managing for his job, you never know. But uh, I don't know if it's that. I don't. Take Howard oh, Eskin's words from mine. Oh, I'm quoting you on it, um, Jordy. Let's hop into the let's ha- let's start let's start the other way. Let's start with the MVP of the National League. Um, so while you're pulling it up, my I would say the finalists, in my opinion, uh, you got Christian Yelich, Milwaukee Brewers, um, Javi Baez, obviously with the Cubs. Uh, then you go Manny Machado. I guess does he count? No. Trevor, no, he's been in the National League right. long enough. Trevor Story, shortstop. Interesting. Nolan Arenado, I'd say, is up there. Freddie yep. Freeman. Yep. Uh, and then Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, you could throw in Carpenter. You could throw in Blackman. You could throw in Bryce Lorenzo Harper. Lorenzo Bryce Harper. Um, but I'm really – I personally am sticking to Yelich, Baez, Story, Arenado. You're going Arenado? You know what? Take out Arenado, put in Freeman. So it's Fre- Freeman, Baez, Yelich is your final three? Freeman, Baez, 
Yelich story. Okay. Final four. What do you? I go Freeman, Bias, Yelich, Arenado over right. story. Perfect. Okay, so uh, who wins? I. <clears throat> For me personally, I think it's between Yelich and Bias. Yeah, I do too. As much as, as great of a story as Freddie Freeman is this year, sort of having that big veteran presence for that Atlanta Braves team that did so well. Um, oh yeah, I think it's just hot. It's Javi and Christian Yelich. Um, ah, it's a tough one. I'm going Yelich simply because how hot he's been down the stretch. Well, his, his on base percentages is average or significantly uh, higher than Javi Baez. Sure. They have the same amount of stolen bases. You know, Javi has 10 more RBI, 12 more RBI, virtually the same home runs, 34, 32. And then Yelich has scored more runs. Uh, I just think that he's had a better year. I think statistically, statistically he has had a better year. Okay. Uh, you can't discount two cycles. So we're, this could be the first time that we have two MVPs that have both hit a cycle in a year being uh, Yelich and Bunky Betts. And That's that accurate. I don't know, but it sounds right. And I'm going to make it up and it's, I'm going with it. All right. First credited to Greg. <laughs> first reported by Greg. Tell me, tell me, uh, tell me a different opinion if, or tell me why I'm right. While I Google that. Why are you right? Or, or tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with Yelch as well. I wanted to make a case for Javi because I think he's done a lot for that Cubs team and he's had a lot of clutch moments, but I, I think you're right. Yelich has had that bigger mo He's had the bigger moments down the stretch, the two cycles within, what, 10 days. Uh, kind of coming back to that Ryan Howard case I made before, Howard had a much bigger impact down the stretch uh, and his team didn't even make the playoffs. Yelich is a big reason why the Brewers have been hanging around. Renzo Kane has helped with that too. Um, really a, a number of different guys that you could argue Travis Shaw has helped with out with that, but it's Yelich has led the way and the guy's bat has been just a magnet for hitting extra base hits really since what the beginning of August. And he's taken himself to an OPS nearly to a thousand. Uh, it's close to, if not the highest in the National League, I have it sorted by war. He's second in war, higher than Javi Baez. His teammate Lorenzo Cain has a higher war of, of 6.9. Nice. Yelich is 6.4. Javi is 6.1. Freddie Freeman 6.0. Uh, then it goes Goldschmidt, Arenado, Carpenter of the St. Louis Cardinals, Trevor Story, JT Real Muto, uh, and then Justin Turner. Shout out to his cousin Gritty, the Flyers' new mascot. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Baez. I just think, or not with uh, Yelich. I just think he, I think how hot he was down the stretch and the impact, especially if they do overcome the the Cubs at the very end of the the regular season. I just think, and if he's a big part of it, I think that's a uh, a big narrative to go with. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I personally disagree with Yelich. No, no. Saying that, I don't know. Sorry, I agree. Yeah, I, I was uh, lost. I in think my the Google. big August September is a big. It, it it leaves the good taste in your mouth if you're uh, if you're a voter when you're thinking about who is our regular season MVP. All right, perfect. Yeah. Um, so one thing I know, Jordy. Yep. One thing I know is that Ted Williams 
Ever heard of him? Yeah, he uh, he's a World War II vet, right? Uh, yeah, in one. He's in both. I didn't realize he was in both. Uh, no, he uh, he stopped baseball for two wars. It was both wars. I thought it was just World War Two. Uh, anyway. Get on that. Anyway, anyway, you uh, you, in nineteen you tell me. in nineteen forty six, homeboy hit for the cycle and won the MVP. Okay, for the National League. MVP hit for the cycle. So I don't, I don't, I don't believe it's ever happened. So I think. Oh, shout out to Greg. I think, I by George. I think I've got it. Mm. Oh, um, I think he's got it. <laughs> I mean, is anybody better than me? Who's got it better than Greg? Who's got it better than Greg? And to clarify, he has skipped for two wars. You're right, but it was not both world wars. Uh, would have been hard for him to go to World War One when he was a baby, but it was World War Two in the Korean War. He left. Mm-hmm. Uh, he left uh, baseball mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Yes. So part right both times. Um, I love it, Jordy. Now we got the MVP agreed on bets, and we agree on Yelich. First time ever. Uh, that two Cy Young or two cycle hitters have won the MVP. In just flexing right now. I am Jordy Degrom, Scherzer, Nola. I'm gonna go with Degrom. Jacob Degrom, New York Mets, Max Scherzer, Washington Nationals, Aaron Nola, Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Degrom 1.77 ERA, Scherzer 2.57, Nola 2.45. 216 strikeouts for Nola, far less than Scherzer at 290 and DeGrom at 260. 17 wins for Scherzer, 16 wins for Nola, 9 wins for DeGrom. Do the lack of wins hurt DeGrom as much as they helped Blake Schnell? Absolutely not. I think Dave DeGrom has been... A huge bright spot for the New York Mets. He has eaten up so many innings for them. He's struck out, obviously, so many batters. He's walked less than Max Scherzer. To kind of put an emphasis on how bad the defense is around him, he's let up 41 earned runs and 48 total runs, so seven runs that were unearned. Um, he's he's let allowed more hits than both Nola and Scherzer, but I just think for the amount of value that he has brought to the New York Mets and how dominant he's been, especially in the second half, which is part of why, despite Nola having a better war by almost three quarters of a point, I just think DeGrom, he, uh, and he stepped up in bigger games too. I just think he, he should get it. And if you're going to go by bigger games, Nola's had better performances in bigger games than Scherzer has. Uh, at least a bigger opponent's Nola down down the stretch was a little tough uh, in starts that really mattered. But I agree, and and I agree, and and the only Scherzer thing I'm got gonna... shelled by the Red Sox, and he didn't look good. Like that's my Scherzer got shelled by the Red Sox. Yeah, like real bad, and he let it, he let the opposing pitcher hit a a two run double off exactly. Him. Yeah. Um, here's here's what I'm gonna say. Right, you picked Justin Verlander for the American League Cy Young. Yep. Okay. Over Blake Snell. 
Now, you could argue that this is the same exact argument between Scherzer and DeGrom as it is with Snell and Verlander. And here's why. DeGrom's pitched so many more innings. He's been more useful. But here's this. here, Both have an ERA below two. Okay. Okay. Snell has way more wins. You know, he's got the 21 wins. DeGrom only got nine. They both have a good war. They both have a good whip. Okay. Scherzer's out here, 17 wins. Verlander, 16 wins. Both of them approaching 300 strikeouts. Both of them ERAs over 2.5, 2.6 in Verlander's case. I the, the the comparison between the two of them is is Degrom has 27 quality starts though, way more than Snell. He's got. He's I'm agreeing with you, Degrom. I'm agreeing with you. Degrom should be the MVP, but if we're going back way more usage than Blake Snell. We're going back to Snell versus Verlander. That's what we're going back to. Right I don't. Now I disagree on that. I I'm think agreeing with you about Degrom, DeGrom. Is more in the middle. Is more in the middle between the two because he because he has you know, he's on a shitty team, but he's been way more useful. Blake Snell, all credit to him. He's stepped up big time. But I think Jacob Degrom has. I think he, if you did one Cy Young award, I think Degrom gets it between both American League and National League. Yeah, Degrom gets it to Cy Young for the National League for sure. I think but he gets it the in Major League Baseball if there was one award. That's. I, I think, I'm not disagreeing with you there, but I'm saying Schnell gets it over Verlander, and the fact that this is a conversation, LeBron James. Thought you said you don't watch ESPN anymore. I watch Instagram. It's all over Instagram. All the kids that, all the kids that, uh, that post Stephen A. Yeah, exactly. Or Jock Stephen A. Even the the that kid who copies him. But I, I don't want to go backwards here and rehash the Snell versus, versus Verlander thing. But I'm sorry, you're wrong. We'll see. You know what, Jordy? You're not wrong. You know what? No one has a wrong opinion, but. You, Ooh, PC Greg. The ERA, you got to look at the ERA. Earned runs. You have to look at earned runs. You have to. That has to be the number one decision in terms of for a pitcher. That has to be the number one decision. You can't have a higher ERA with the same amount of starts almost and win. Okay. I'm sorry. I mean, yes, he's pitched – Verlander's pitched way more innings than Snell. Yes, he's also pitched three more games, but that's not 30 innings worth more. It is what it is. You know, he's a young guy. He was also on the DL for, for a little stint, so they wanted to take him slow. He was on the DL, so they, you know, he even, they even rehabbed him slow, blah, blah, blah. Still, 30, 30 starts, right? 21 wins. 30 starts, 21 wins. So, Greg – I'm going to jump in. Greg, I'm going to jump into some some actual sabermetric stats. We're not talking, you know, the the pardon my take ones that they throw out on Instagram. Jacob Degrom versus versus Blake Snell versus, or let's just do Snell and and Verlander. Sure, sure. You got your boy Snell with a 1.9 ERA at Verlander's 2.6. That's 0.7 of a difference, ladies and gentlemen. For those keeping track at home. There is a stat called the defensive independent ERA. Basically, says how many runs should you let up given, you know, given the you know the independent of defense. I mean, just by the name alone, Blake Snell's is two point five 
2.95 to Verlander's 2.79. Yeah, Verlander's, but Verlander's isn't, that got, earn, isn't that what earned run means? That like if there's an error, you don't get that run tag. Yeah, but this you? takes this takes out this this takes stats like the ball the average ballpark you play at, the average defense behind you, all these different like it takes a number of different extra statistics so, and uses them to to figure out the independent of what the defense around you does. It's a more, it's if it's one of the different attempts to make a more perfect ERA. Didn't explain the difference between ERA and that. I mean, you did, but it's tough. It's tough to, it's tough to explain without going into some longer rant. I don't see Um, it. I'm just, I'm just saying the facts, the facts in terms of that stat for ERA. Give me the next one. I just think the fact there are other there. Give me the next one. Of Snell, Snell versus Verlander in our National yes. League MVP talk. Yes, I think the fact that his that he has a lower there's component ERA, which takes other stats involved with into the ERA calculation. It's lower than his actual ERA. Snell's is higher. Granted, it's lower than it's still lower than what Verlander's is. But the fact that the the fact that advanced analytics show that Verlander's numbers are actually better than what these raw statistics show. It just, I, I just, uh, I think his usage, the same, my same argument for DeGrom, the amount of usage that Verlander has from the Houston Astros, the fact that he's their guy, he's been their workhorse and, I made the point before Snell's a younger guy. He probably was on more pitch counts, inning counts, blah, blah, blah. That's why he doesn't have as much usage in terms of earned runs. Well, he got but, hurt. Yeah. And he got hurt too, but he's 25 years old. And the Rays have been talking about all year of using this bullpen strategy and all this different stuff. So they're not afraid to go to relief pitchers. I think the fact that Verlander has done so much more as a pitcher, just in terms of having to pitch, Oh, so many more games. He's pitched so many more complete games. And Snell hasn't even pitched one. Verlander's thrown a complete game shutout. I just think I think the quality starts number. I think the advanced numbers. I think they speak for themselves. And I just think the fact that he has faced almost 150 more batters shows that too, in terms of different statistics. So law of large numbers is what I'm Almost trying to get at, but so so when Verlander lost to Porcello, okay, this was a similar numbers in terms of Verlander had the blah blah blah, and then Porcello had the had the wins. Was this two years ago, yeah, Verlander had the strikeouts because Porcello. Everybody knows Porcello is a ground ball pitcher. Porcello had the wins, and Porcello had the RA. Verlander had the strikeouts and the innings pitched. Same exact shit, different year. Verlander got robbed then. This year, Snell deserves it. Whether or not, whether or not you can call it robbing, like last two years ago, Porcello had a great Cy Young year. I would have, you could have seen how Verlander won it, but I, but he was traded that year. You know, it's you know playing in and out of Detroit and and Houston, blah blah blah. This year, he's full year with Houston, the best fucking team in baseball, or in uh, second best behind the Red Sox team in baseball the team that won the fucking world series last year the team that has a plus 261 differential which is the highest in all of major league baseball granted the start i pause you with that 
hang on. Granted, the starting pitching has a ton to do with that, and I am, and I will, I will get in. Yes, I, I think that pitching has a lot to do with that, but their bullpen is out of this world. The rest of their pitching staff is out of this world. The Houston Astros offense all year has been not as good as the Red Sox or the Yankees, but they have been equally as out of this world. So pause on that because that actually builds to my one last stat argument. Run support average per start. So the amount of runs the offense scored while the pitcher was going, Verlander's was lower than Blake Snell's. I know that doesn't translate a ton. It's only lower by 27 uh, basis points, 0.27. And that doesn't, it's not, it doesn't jump over the seven point, the 0.7 of the ERAs, but I still think Verlander's had to do so much. And he's done, he's done it as, as their guy. He's done it with all these innings pitched. I think either, and, and I will, and I'm not going to, again, I'm not trying to say Blake Snell, if he wins it, I'm going to be happy for the guy, but I just think, I think Verlander's got it. Well, I think we have to chalk this one up to I vote one, you vote. So are we in agreement then that DeGrom's going to win it? Oh, 100%. Yeah. All right. 100%. That's at least good because that's what we were supposed to be arguing. Oh, well, we agreed on that from the jump street. Jordy. Jordy. You want to hear, you want to hear DeGrom's numbers? We went over them. He's he's on no, 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 no. His those those uh st- those uh sabermetric statistics. No, no, because just to just to kind of flex Degrom's uh defensive defensively independent ERA is two point oh eight versus one point seven seven ERA. I mean that just to hammer home my. He should be the – if there was one Cy Young in Major League Baseball. He also has nine tough losses, uh, which is basically just he had shit run support uh, when he threw a gem. But so – and that's all of his losses. He's nine and nine. So all of his losses were tough losses. Um, all right, Jordy, let's quickly end this year with postseason awards or regular season awards. American League Rookie of the Year. Okay. I'm going to let you uh, jump on that. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to start. Joey Wendell, Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, digging deep. Another another Ray is going to win a fucking – another Rays player is going to win a fucking award. The AL East is going to sweep up the awards this year. Let's go. Mookie Snell and now Joey Wendell. He goes over Tor- Glaber Torres. He wins it over Shohei Otani. He wins it over Ramon Loreno. He lives it o- wins it over Miguel Andujar. He – wins it joey wendell uh this guy 301 average glaber torres 270 shohei otani 280 and miguel Andujar 298 i think it's Andujar. 25 homers 85 ribbies uh 298 in a fuller season than joey wendell played i love the pick of joey wendell but i think it's Andujar. he played the most he played the fullest season of any other rookie wendell had six triples okay triples 31 doubles, 141 hits. He also had as many strikeouts in 100 less at-bats. Guess what his war was? His war is 4.25. 4.5. 4. 4. Sure. What is Miguel Andujar? It's 2.0. Okay. Boom. If if, if Mike Trout's going to win the fucking MVP over, over Mookie Betts because of a war stat, Joey Wendell's going to win. Not not that you're upset or anything. MV- yeah, exactly. Three years later. I'm still going to be talking about it until fucking Mookie gets – Four more than Trout has. 
All right, let's agree to disagree on the on the NL or the AL because we got to get to the NL. We got a big uh, big discussion on who's going to win the NL. We might not because we both really like the guy. But who you got, Craig? NL Rookie of the Year. So Ronald Acuna Jr. Yep. Harrison Bader. No, not Harrison Bader. Sorry, Brian Anderson. Harrison Bader's a rookie. I know, but I'm saying he's had a good year. Juan Soto, everyone keeps talking about him. Uh, who? Jeff who? McNeil. He's a, he he won't be a finalist, but he's had a really good year. I mean, Sir Anthony Dominguez. <laughs> he he fell off too much to be included in that. Who, who 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 are you thinking? I think it's Acuna. So I'm just gonna go on a limb, Jordy. You know how you introduced me as Greg the Prophet Piatelli? Yeah. Go back to the preseason pod and tell me I didn't say that he was going to win the rookie of the year. Uh, you definitely did. <laughs> I mean, when we were calling him Akuna, like the guy can, from Street Fighter. Can I? Even that's can Akuma. I, I mean, come on, people. What are what are we doing here? I love uh, good for good for you, Jordy. Good for me. Good for us. Good for Shout the pod. Out to Greg. Good for the pod. Uh, wow. Yeah. No, I think I think it's hard to go against him. Uh, simply because he had. I know he's gonna sweep the award, yeah. Are they? Well, we picked. Who did we pick for the MVP? Oh no, we picked Christian Yelich. Never mind. I was going to make fun of you getting all Yelich MVP. High horse Yelich MVP, but hey, individual. You're right. They got uh, two of three. Two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad. I mean, it, all fame numbers, baby. The American League East. Literally has the best record. Take away the, I mean, you can't take away, but the top three teams literally have a better record than any other playoff team in in, in the East or the West, I should say. But just fake fake facts. Um, <laughs> all right, Jordy, sir, do do they do pitching or just or just all one? It's all one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Pitchers but, are sometimes included in there, but. Uh, I can't think of any rookies that are blown out of the water. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll go. Uh, hmm. Andrew Suarez, San Francisco. Maybe. He had a decent year. Had a good year. I mean. I mean, a one. I th- I think it's Acuna's to lose in the NL. No, I agree. I'm, I, I agree. Uh, in for fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's give a nice bullpen guy something. Uh, hey, do you want to pick Rolaids Relief Man of the Year? Even I that's mean, normally just the guy who led who led baseball in saves. I mean, Edwin Diaz, Craig Kimbrell, Wade Davis. Uh, Wade Davis is in the NL. As, well, you're saying it's all major league, didn't you? No, they have it. Every award in baseball is a, is oh. divided by league. Edwin Diaz, I feel like because he has the most by he's fifty six and Craig Crumble's at forty two. I feel like he yeah. he'll win the Roll Age Relief Man. I think is who led it in in. Yeah, I mean he'll 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 it's he'll. Like, it's like that other goalie award they get out of the NHL, not the not the the Vesnia, but the I forget what it's called, but it's the one. It's literally the goalie, the team whose goalies led the league in goals against average. So it's both goalies can win it, but for it's, like a, for whatever team. It's hard to argue against Blake Trinan, be Blake Trinan, because well, he does have a shitload less saves. Yeah, 
of him he, actually being the, the his, guy. Yeah, his ERA is way lower. 0.8. So yeah. uh way lower. Literally on the whole year has only let up seven runs, earned runs. Seven earned runs. Yeah. That's crazy. That's wild. That's wild, man. Hey, hey, get this. Just looking at Craig Craig Kimbrell's stats. Fifteen earned runs and fifteen runs against him, which means his his defense has never failed him. No. I mean, Red Sox just the best team ever. Is this like a thing? All right, I mean, Jordy. they didn't break the wins record, so I mean, most wins in franchise history. Uh, check. <laughs> uh, Does it matter if you're not if you're not holding the commissioner's trophy at the end, Greg? Mm. Be a real shame. <laughs> preach, preach on, preacher man. <laughs> preach on, preacher man. Uh, Jordy, who do you got in the American League? Wade Davis, Kenley Jensen. Wade Davis plays for the Rockies. So, sorry, National saying- League. Sorry, yeah. National League. <laughs> Wade Davis or Kenley Jensen? Uh, probably Kenley Jensen, just because he's you. Just like the argument for for Trini and you know, a little more consistent in numbers. Uh, even though he's one in five, he's blown a number of saves. Um, yeah, he's just been been a little more consistent. Wade Davis. Wade Davis blew more saves. He did blow more saves. I, I was just thinking. Uh, I was looking too at uh, Felipe Vasquez or Vasquez from the Pirates, who uh, he blew only he blew five saves um, to Jansen's four. Uh, yeah, but he has less he, losses, lower ERA, not as low of a whip. Uh, but yeah, I'm probably going to go with Jansen. Keep it simple. Mm. Keep mm. it simple. Mm. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. <laughs> All right, Jordy, I love it. Post these awards. Let's go. Uh, so look in people next week for once Once the weekend's over, we'll uh, we'll have a pod up. Uh, playoff preview. Do we want to do after the after the playing game or? I was trying to think of how we could do that because they like to roll right into the next round, um, right into the divisional series. We'd be, we'd have to be doing it during the first game. We can figure that out next week if, if hey, what you and I want to do. Well, we can preview one series. Yeah, each, we could. Yeah, we could do side. that. And then one we could you could throw a blog up for our official picks after yeah, the yeah. after well, the the bullshit playing game. Um, Jordy, any. Stadium snack of the week. Uh, not that I can think of. I was at a preseason Flyers game last night and had a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Found out that Chick-fil-A is going to have a, instead of just having like a little sand where they hand out a sandwich to you, they're going to have like a full, a full, like big deal. Like a mini restaurant where they're going to serve milkshakes, um, waffle fries, the nugget form of their chicken. Uh, so that's exciting to hear. Is, it, is that the restaurant that doesn't do uh, Sundays? Yeah, I don't serve on Sundays. So uh, their big investment at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Good job. Good good on you, mate. Good on you, mate. I guess uh, so they have the soccer team that plays there, so they at least can get some revenue with that. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, you ever looked at that MLS record, record attendance? What is it? The Atlanta United have like the top, 30 and it's all their like home games from 2000. They were founded last year. It's all their home games from last year and this year. Damn. The top 30 like selling games because it's a 77,000 NFL stadium, even bigger than that. I don't think of Atlanta as a 
Apparently they love their Atlanta United. I don't think Atlanta is a soccer town, but no. Uh, I have a bleacher creature. Oh, here we go. Here we go. The ugliest goddamn thing in the ugliest mascot in the ugliest city for the ugliest team. See, you're just proving why he's awesome. Ew, 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 ew. For those who he's don't know. He's the Fanatic's cousin from Delco. He's a Sesame Street character on crack. Gritty the mascot. For those who don't know. Okay, oh, go, he's the best. Go check out the Thunderblog social media pages because there's a po- picture literally of this gross-ass ma- new mascot for the Flyers, which I want to get into what was their old mascot because this is a fucking joke, first oh, and foremost. From the 70s? This guy, no, the, I'm saying I don't know what their old one was, but this new mascot, they named him fucking Grit. Gritty? Gritty, gritty. gritty. come on. That just sounds like they're trying to copy Barstool and, and, and just trying to be hip and in the know. They gave this thing the biggest eyes in the world. And what does he do? Eyes. What does he do on his opening, his debut? He fucking doesn't wear it. He doesn't, and he shoots an intern in the back with a t-shirt gun. This guy's a wild card. He doesn't wear skates on the ice. He doesn't wear skates on the ice. And there's a video of him skating, so he knows how to mascot. skate. Don't worry. A hockey mascot doesn't wear skates on the ice. And what does he do? He fucking eats it. Yeah. Eats it, eats it, eats it. Greg, I, I, hope- I have a big stay woke on this. I think that he is very self-aware and is sliding into the skid. Fun fully, in- fuck, pun fully intended there. Um, or is it a she? No, I'm pretty sure we're pretty sure Gritty's a boy. Um, although we we've learned, speaking part of my take, we've learned Muppets. You know they have they you know they have their own declarations. But um, no, Gritty. Oh man, it was great. He gets on the kiss cam, gets booed, and pumps it up. His social media accounts are straight fire. Follow Gritty. You're going to be entertained. No. It's gonna, it's no. awesome. No. He broke the internet. He did the Kim nope. Kardashian champagne picture better than Kim K ever did. No, nope. nope. he's the best. No, nope. gritty. I'm calling it now. No, nope. gritty. Liking gritty at the start is like trusting the process in 2013. Nope. You you don't have to. You're from a different city. Pass. But people are gonna love this guy in like five years, and there's gonna be retweet Armageddon 2.0. It's about as gross as the team that he's representing in the city he's supposed to, he's supposed to be promoting. See, that's why Philadelphia needs it because everyone thinks that about us anyway. So we'll Ew. have a mascot that can be our gross Ew. person. Be better. Be better. You guys yeah, haven't. You no, know we're not. So why fight it anymore? You guys Let's have an go. Ivy League school in the heart of, or not the heart, but in in Philly. Be better. Well, it might be the second heart. That's a uh, that's Philadelphia uh, infrastructure politics. Another time, another time, Greg. We can uh, have an intellectual podcast about that. Be better. So that's my gross ass bleacher creature, Jordy. You got anything good? Uh, yeah. You kind of. I wanted to talk gritty. I'm glad we did. Uh, Justin Justin Turner's cousin. We've all also discovered that. Um, and Jake Forchek's cousin. Um. Trying to think, yeah, we uh we do need to figure out if we if we have time to do a a hockey preview. I know with the baseball playoffs starting the same week as as hockey, it's a little tough. So maybe a week a weekend we we give our you know settled predictions, or I write a blog or something. Uh, um, in terms of actual bleacher creatures, um, yeah, I can't think of any good ones. I yeah, maybe we've got some good ones this year. It's tough to match outside of what we've really been seeing. 
Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, any any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm a. You know, it's it's sad to see another regular season come and go. I'm gonna try to go to the Phillies game on Saturday. Um, when I get down to one last ball game, I went on Labor Day and haven't been since. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said though, fall is when we come alive. We get obviously the the hockey's about to start next week. The NBA starts, I think, in three weeks, two weeks. Um, they've really pushed. It. Remember, it used to be like a month after the NHL started, and now they pushed it right back up against it. Um, so we at least get that. We got a lot of stuff going on, and and I'm excited to to cover it on the Thunder Blog and all of our different great social media accounts: Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunder Blog Sports on Instagram. Uh, yeah, but Greg, what uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend? The fucking Ryder Cup. There it is. <laughs> there it is. In Le Golf National, in Par- right outside of Paris. Which so I think- have, have, have the Americans ever won when Tiger was on the team? Oh, uh, yeah. They've won. Yeah. So they've won a bunch of times when Tiger's been on the team, but Tiger's never really taken the Ryder Cup seriously. He's never really been a fan of team golf. Okay. Uh, it's part of the difference between Tiger and Phil in the, the real Tiger era. Um, which Tiger was always focused on the majors. He didn't care about the Ryder Cup. He was on it. And that was sort of why Europe has always been able to pull off the victory on on U.S. soil and the U.S. hasn't won on European soil in a quarter century. It's because they're so, they've always been this bigger team. They've taken the team aspect and really grasped upon it. And the U.S. finally did two years ago. Obviously, they have a lot of the spring break 2K group together. Uh, then they got guys like Patrick Reed, who's turned into Captain America. They got Bubba Watson, who loves playing in this thing. Webb Simpson's played in it before. He was on the uh, Meltdown of Medina team in 2012 when he won the U.S. Open. Then you have Tiger back. You got Tony Finau, who's probably one of the most consistent golfers on the on the tour that you're not talking about. Um, Phil's on the team. He's a Ryder Cup legend. You got Jim Furyk as the captain. Uh, so we'll see how he does with that and the different pairings they have. Uh, the, the both the U.S. and European Ryder Cup Instagrams are must follows this weekend, especially right now as they're playing practice rounds. Basically, they're playing. They're probably going to start their practice round in like four hours. It's ten o'clock right now as we're wrapping this thing up, and they're getting going at two. So as you're on your way to work, if you take public transportation, just load that thing up and watch some golf there. Oh, isn't uh, it? And then wait, wait. The, so it's going into Friday or going into Saturday. Starts Friday, two a.m. Eastern time. That's when coverage starts, and that's probably when it's going to start live. They show everything with it, unlike with other golf tournaments where they wait until a certain time to have the, all the leaders. They show every single shot in the tournament. Um, so basically, if you're you know feeling gutsy after Thursday night football and want to stay up for the start of the Ryder Cup, by all means, I encourage you to. Uh, but the the real key is going to be waking. Make sure you wake up Saturday because that's really when things start get going. Uh, I didn't even so, recommend. So give me the format again. So Friday is what? So Friday and Saturday are both morning four ball, which is which means as the name implies, there are four golf balls in play. So if it's Greg and I against Europe one and Europe two, go USA. Greg and I would both play each other our own ball. We'd both put a score in. And the lowest of the four balls takes the hole. The afternoon is alternate shot where you and I would alternate shooting. It's also called four sums. So if you see that four ball, four balls, four sums is alternate shot. And that's just, we, 
we alternate taking our, our shots, which gets really interesting on greens and, and getting out of bunkers, at least for amateur golf pros are pros, but it's fun watching that way. And then Saturday is the same format. Sunday is the singles. And what happens is that there's only four matches in each session. So four in the morning, four in the afternoon, four in the morning, four in the afternoon. And then Sunday is 12. All 12 golfers are playing in singles matches. So doing the quick math with four in each of the first sessions, there are four golfers that are on the bench. So some will play in, in all five sessions. Some might only play in two or three. Uh, that's part of where the strategy comes from of the captain and what he ends up doing, especially with some of the captain's picks that they choose. For instance, Ian Poulter getting picked for the European team. He's traditionally a U.S. killer in the Ryder Cup. So we'll see how much he plays comparatively to some of the guys who automatically qualified via European tour points. Uh, it's a ton of fun to see, and there's a lot of fun behind the scenes of it. Of course, you're going to get Nick Faldo being old man yells at cloud complaining about how they didn't play as many matches when he was in. So all the guys shattering his records that he had because uh, so, didn't, we didn't play as many matches. So is uh, Saturday, Saturday is the same exact format in terms as of Friday. Yeah. 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 So it's, there are, and every match is worth one point. So if you win, you get a full point, you tie it or have it, you get a half a point. Uh, the U the U S needs 14 points to retain the Ryder cup and the, in Europe needs 14 and a half to win it. So the U S actually retains it because they've already won it. They have possession of it. Uh, if you saw their baller picture of them all leaving the private jet and taking the picture on the stairway, we have the Ryder cup. We just need to retain it. I love it. That's fucking great, man. And what's like, it's, it'll be interesting to see like when we're in you know, 20 years, when the president's cup has more, you know, more notches under its belt, if we get this excited for it, but the Ryder cup itself, there's nothing like it, man, especially for the fact that it's in Europe. So we can when it's in or when it goes to Europe, I should say, we at least can watch it like the President's Cup three years ago now was in Korea and it was tough to watch. You just had to load up the score when you were there because they're 12 hours behind or they're 12 hours ahead of us. Excuse me. But yeah, I mean, nothing like watching golf in the morning and then going out and playing in the afternoon too. European golf, definitely a plus. So is it worth taking a vacation day is what you're saying? Uh, I, I would say so. Yeah. Right, also, perfect. a little insider info, Greg. Uh, the French Open, for the, the golf French Open, was played at Le Golf National earlier this year. And in preparation for both the British Open and the Ryder Cup, Justin Thomas and a couple guys that are on Team Europe, but Justin Thomas of the Americans, uh, went over and played it. So he got, he got a little scouting report for the boys. <laughs> nice yeah i love it all right jordy great greg. pod great great pod as always i appreciate it man definitely hey. a ton of fun let's see how this weekend goes Thank i'm really know. excited to watch it i mean there's gonna be a lot of great football too but the final weekend of baseball especially with the you know the, everybody's playing at the exact same time on sunday trying to add some of the the fun for it just just a great time in general I love it. Good for uh, good for you. Good for us. Go Phils. <laughs> go One Sox. win. One win I need, Greg. Let's yeah. fucking go, baby. Hey, Jordy, go Sox. Hey, you guys already clinched everything. Go hey, let's, Phils. Let's switch it to to Phillies. Finish over 500. Yeah, Phillies watch. We're back to Phillies watch. Let's do it. Bye, right, right. buddy. Love you. All right, love you too, buddy.
Bye. Peace. Have a good weekend, everybody.